I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from San Antonio, Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, be it blunts, be it bongs, be it joints, smoke it if you've got it. And welcome to part two of our special indie film mega review featuring selections from the First Glance Film Festival. Last time we did short movies and this time we're doing the three feature length movies that were sent to us by filmmakers involved who had selections in the First Glance Film Festival, which happened about the beginning of November, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And they actually announced, you know, the nominees for the um, and, and the winners for the First Glance Film Festival. Yeah, so none of the films that we're talking about had had won any awards. I went and checked it out, but nonetheless, they're very interesting films. I mean, I definitely would, you know, would have nominated some of these. Both the episodes, both the movies, the short films that we talked about in the first part, yeah, and yeah. some of the feature films we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. And these are some interesting movies. We have one documentary. We have one based on a true story. And then we have something that's not necessarily a movie so much as it is a web series kind of, right? I mean, it could totally be cut into a full hour and a half long movie, but... You know, we'll get to that here in a little bit. The first movie we're going to talk about, though, is a movie we just watched not too long ago. Like, literally, Dakota and I, we pretty much just watched this movie like an hour before the podcast. Yeah, I just it was, watched it today. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It, we, we just watched that one. And yeah. I was, what was it, hour 15 minutes, something like that? Yeah, it's, it's the shorter of the movies that we are featuring here. And that is Right Before Your Eyes, which is a true story about a man named Ethan. He's actually a uh, inspired by the director and his life story yeah. and whatnot. And it just shows his journey from being an alcoholic to trying to go sober, going to the Bethesda Mission, which apparently is a real place. That's a real rehab outreach center. They I mentioned that in the end credits, yeah. Yeah, they did. And they do great work. Not to mention, this movie was, as it says, inspired on true events. Yeah. Exactly. How, how much of that is true? I, I'm really curious about, you know, uh, I know that the director, you know, actually does have an autistic son. This movie hit home for me because, you know, yeah. I have Asperger's. Yeah. So, um, you know, just that, that, that storyline with his autistic son and, and connecting with him really struck out to me. And, and I mean, bro, I, I cried at the end of this. This, this movie is, is really emotional. It's definitely emotional. I didn't necessarily cry at the end of it, but I totally, I, I got the twist. There, there is a little bit of a twist at the end and how they actually lead up to him finally seeing his son and finally getting fully, get, getting his life fully together and everything. And it takes a little bit of a tragedy to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It, it took me by surprise, although 
to my understanding, Dakota kind of saw it coming, right? The yeah, I, I saw it coming a little bit, and it wasn't it wasn't too much. I mean, I didn't you know foresee a lot, but near the end, I kind of saw that where they were going with it. Yeah, um, I saw that this was a religious movie right away. It was pretty obvious, kind of what they were doing here. Yeah, that that's what's interesting about that, and that's what's interesting that because we already did a religious movie on our last episode, and that was the unintentionally hilarious <laughs> buttercream game. And, and I know that we ragged on that movie hardcore, but that's because it's unintentionally hilarious. Right. This right here, it's a religious movie, but it doesn't seem like it's really trying to push that down your throat hardcore. I mean, it does quote some scripture here or there, yeah. and the framing of the conversation between the uh, dude Ambrose, the larger man that he's talking to, and Ethan, by Brian Anthony Wilson. Brian Anthony Wilson, I might add. Yeah. And also Brian O'Halloran is, is in this movie from Clerks, which is really cool. Ah. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it doesn't really hit you over the head with the religion aspect. No, it's more just like good ethics, you know? Yeah. It's definitely something I can get behind. And, you know, I'm, I'm not religious, but in generally religious overtones kind of, kind of bug me. But in this case, I think it worked well. It's a well-intentioned message. Definitely some points that I agree with. Yeah. Let's put it this way. This isn't a God's not dead type of movie that's propagandizing or anything like that. It's nothing like that. It's not ham-fisted in its approach. Yeah. Yeah. No, nor is it ham-fisted or cheesy or unintentionally funny like the Buttercream Gang or the Pretender or something <laughs> like that, you know? This is firmly more focused on the story of Ethan and his journey towards sobriety. Right, right, definitely. And, you know, that's a noble cause. And, um, you know, kind of putting, even if you don't believe in God, you know, putting faith in something greater than yourself and your, you know, the way I see it is your, your part in the universe um, is definitely, I think, important. And it's an important message. Yeah. Um, and, and realizing that, you know, you need to be a good father for your children. or Exactly. In other cases, you know, maybe a good family member for your family or or just a good person overall for the people around you. Yeah. And it it doesn't discount Ethan's actual personal story when he was a kid and everything, which I'm going to tell you to me, those were the most uncomfortable scenes of, of the movie involving Ethan's father. It's just like, oh, man, that hit close to home. Yeah, it's unnerving. I mean, it really is to watch that because he's like, he's honestly, his father's an asshole for no reason. Pure asshole. I like how this movie, you know, dedicates itself both to, you know, uh, families with disabilities and also, you know, alcoholism, which is very yeah. prevalent throughout is the the theme uh, of alcoholism and, and, you know, how much it hurts not only, you know, the people around them, but, but the person themselves. Um, and you kind of have that, that pathos, yeah. um, you know, with Ethan struggling with the same issues that his his father did with alcoholism and well he's not necessarily you know nearly as much of an asshole um not an abusive person um definitely you know it's something that costs him his yeah. family still and and even his friends you know yeah he definitely hit some low points needless to say i mean especially when he's literally being dragged out of a bar and everything drunk and trying to call his uh, and talk to his son while he's drunk and everything yeah you know but, I mean, that, that's just how stuff like that goes sometimes. And, you know, people do get better. They do, you know, kick the bottle. They do kick their addictions, you know. But And sometimes they can relapse. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, some people, they do really kick that shit. And they really stay off of it. And they really actually do right by their families. Yeah. yeah. And I like how this movie treats that alcoholism. Because, in a way, regardless of how you you know, how fair you think it is, you know, uh, alcoholism really is a disease. It is. And yes, it is 
it is made, you know, it's a disease that that's inherited by some choices that you make, but that doesn't mean that it's any less of a disease in any less of the way that, you know, a sexually transmitted disease is, is made by choices that you made, but it's still a disease that you have to deal with. And, yeah. you know, treating it as a disease is really what works, you know, don't take away from that. You know, I don't care if you think that's fair or not, if it works, it works. And, and so, you know, I, I really think that it's, um, I like the way that this movie portrayed that. Uh, and, and for a movie that's very religious, you know, that kind of goes, goes against a little bit of, you know, that, that conservative right message. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where, you know, alcoholics and, and, and drug addicts are treated like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to go into it, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, where yeah. it's pinned completely by choice and, and we fall into this trap where we don't want to help people. But, you know, look at this guy. He got back on his two feet because of the support of his family and his yeah. friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, he definitely had a support system in place for him. Like, And, I mean, even though they had to engage in some tough love here or there, which, I mean, right. to kick addiction, that's necessary, and, you know? Yeah, and, you know, and that comes full circle, you know? I don't want to spoil, I guess, too much, but yeah. obviously, you know, he's got some relationships in his life that he has to also deal with appropriately. Yeah. It's another one of those situations where it's not fair, but sometimes, you know, and I, I think it's, it, it, this is a very Christian message, but I think a good one is the idea of forgiveness of, of grace of, of saying, you know what? I'm going to do better to you than you did to me. Yeah. Especially, you know, right there at the end, if you know what I'm talking about. I, exactly. At the end and everything, you know, and also I do like how the movie, it doesn't completely demonize alcoholism you right know, it, it it shows it's in, in its appropriate context yeah definitely definitely yeah. i mean dakota do you what, what do you think do, do you have anything to add to that i mean it was a good movie um i mean it's a short film i guess i just saying uh i really liked the message it gave like ash said but more more so i i feel that there there, there were some inconsistencies that i was kind of like questioning you know i mean if if the character that was supposed to be this this angel character, which I wasn't sure, like well, he was on the train with them, but before he, you well, know, it, it, it's a uh, narrative device. And if you watch, right. if you watch the very first scene, you actually don't see him right away. Whenever you go up to Ethan, you in don't. The train. You yeah. don't see him, and he's not sitting there. So I noticed that. Yeah. I was like, who is this character, and was he always there? See, that's one of the things I did kind of assume is that he was going to be like an angel guardian right. angel type character and i saw that coming that's kind yeah, of why yeah. i saw the ending kind of being the way it was yeah. morgan freeman yeah <laughs> Your morgan freeman like character yeah definitely but final thoughts on this one i liked it yeah i really did i i think that it's a great message you know i mean it's not beating people over the head with an agenda or demonizing anything and it, it just presents a it's, it's obviously dramatized, but it presents a story of addiction and redemption. And that's cool by me. You're right. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a good message and people should watch this and, and truly follow by the good ethics that it, it portrays. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, this is definitely a good one to check out. Like, I mean, even if you don't particularly care for religious messaging in your movies, it's at least not going to be vitriolic or anything like that, you know? <laughs> No, yeah, it, it's very, very positive, and yeah, um, definitely the aspect of religion that I that I do like. Overall, I mean, the movie 
right away at the beginning, I noticed that the dialogue was just a little bit cheesy. But then once I got invested in the characters, I didn't notice as much. Yeah, um, and like yeah. I said, I mean, legit made me cry. I mean, there's definitely some uh, emotional manipulation going on. And, and it really, it tugs at your heartstrings. Um, you really, you know, sympathize with the character, even if you haven't struggled through that particular thing. It's, it's laid bare for you. And, you know, really with that twist at the end, that tugged on me. Yeah. But overall, it's a very uh, empowering movie. And um, honestly, yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's for, for anyone, you know? Yeah. How about you, Dakota? <laughs> we're, we're, we're watching one of the movies right now while we're, as we speak. And Dakota's a little entranced by it. <laughs> that's okay. He, he kind of gave his final thoughts on it. He did. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, that's right before your eyes. Totally check that out if wherever you can find it. I'm sure that we'll we'll provide some links in the show notes and everything. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next full-length movie that we checked out. And it's actually our first documentary, which is, which was actually really interesting. I mean, I like documentaries a lot. I think that they have a lot to really give to the world of cinema. There's a lot of filmmaking techniques that have come from documentary filmmaking that are used today in other genres. Oh, right. Well. It's a different type of storytelling, yeah. you know, and documentary is more informative yeah. and it's usually, you know, nonfiction. Yeah. And, and that's always compelling, especially if you find the right kind of topic. And this topic, I mean, some people might dismiss it a little bit. Yeah, I, w- I was a little iffy when you said boy band. Yeah, <laughs> I found it to be very compelling. And, th- and that's uh, the movie I used to be normal. And this this it's a documentary that takes four women from four different generations, pretty much, and four different generations of boy bands. And it just dives into their lives, into be- how their fandom actually influenced their family life, their life at work, the uh, the career paths that they took. You know, and how they grew as people because of these boy bands. And, you know, I'm going to be the first to say that when I was younger and my sister was listening to stuff like NSYNC, you know, I, I trashed on that shit all the fucking time. Always. Always. I hate I hated on it. And nowadays, now that I'm older, I just kind of see it for what it is. And even the movie kind of elucidates what it is. It's it's a formula. It's a product. And, you know, especially since I became an audio engineer and started getting involved with stuff like that, I can see the merit in that, you know, in the end, it's a business and you got to put together the right group of people with the right talents and the right look. And then you put them out there, you write music for them and you, you put a product, you put a brand out there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I thought the movie was well put together and and if anything it did lay out I think you know some of the reasons why people enjoy boy bands but I really just didn't connect very well because I still can't really connect with the idea of like just obsessing over these people. Well really I mean to me this this movie is more about fandom in general than anything else. It's about the nature of fandom. And that's, and that's I got some, that. I, I that's yeah. the part that I, I kind of could connect with. I mean, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be so quick to judge because there are things that you know I'm obsessive about. I love yeah. uh, anime and video games. And, and, yeah, and I, I saw a lot of parallels in that fandom. You know, I mean, especially when when one of one of the girls was going through all of her Backstreet Boys stuff and going back and looking at all of her paraphernalia and her memorabilia and everything. It's like. I mean, I still have a lot of my anime and metal posters from when I was younger in storage as well, you know? It's just that, like, I don't know. I, I could have never dated a girl that was in, obsessed with boy bands because it's like, it's good, like am, am I sharing a relationship with someone else? Am I? Are, do we have a third member in here? Because these girls, 
if, if you listen, you know, they legitimately want to marry the, the people that they, you know. Well, yeah, that, that's just part of the phenomenon, though. I mean, and, and a big part of that was when they brought out that older lady that was there for Beatlemania back in the day. You know, and yeah. how her fandom has persisted all these years. I mean, that's where I disagree. Okay. Yeah. The Beatles. I'm sorry. The Beatles are not a boy band. Oh, they are so definitely a boy I, band. I will explain. Though. Okay. Boy bands have this image. They're, they're cultural phenomenons because of the way they're set up. And that's all really all there is to them. It's, it's very, it's very artificial, but it's very it? surfacey. Their music really isn't that deep. It's it's completely intentional. They're they're heartthrobs and people like them because they're hot and they sing well. The Beatles are a cultural phenomenon. They're known for making great music. You don't have to be attracted to them to like them. Some people would probably beg to differ on the Beatles. There's some people. Me personally, I'm very lukewarm towards them. Like I could there's some songs that are good, but it's like I'm just like eh, I could go without listening well, to Well, them I mean they on drugs time, the whole time, so not the, whole, not the whole time. True, I mean, not the whole time, but see, most I mean, of the time. See, their their earlier period was pretty much their boy band period. That they, they were a boy band. Sure, maybe Straight maybe up. in the early days, but yeah, their music I think it does mean a lot more because it, it's not just about art, you know, surface things. It, it it's about their experiences, and yeah, yeah, it's about them all tripping on drugs. But that in and of itself, well, that that's something that the that the, the lady in the movie doesn't go that far into because she's particularly relating her experience of Beatlemania of yeah. that particular zeitgeist, you know. But I mean, I, I digress. I know I'm just harping on boy bands. Yeah, here, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I I did enjoy. I think the, the girl that you know this kind of the the titular character titular. in a way. Yeah, you know the the girl that says I used to be normal. She was interesting because if you noticed over time, you know, she had the influence of the boy band, but she grew up yeah. and she, if you notice in her later, you know, uh, times she stops talking about one direction. She's actually kind of more just talking about herself as a musician yeah. and, and what that means to her. And, you know, and, and, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And of course, you know, there is, there is the lady that's actually a lesbian yeah but yeah. she admits that she and her lover are both you know her her girlfriend or her partner that's what i found interesting about her story was how her love for that particular boy band it really helped influence how she viewed her sexuality and it kind of helped her deal with that yeah and, and, and that's why i'm not gonna really nowadays i don't really rag on people for that shit because you know there's very personal reasons that people get involved in certain type of fandoms you know it, it, it's a very deeply personal thing and I guess I can understand that. I guess I can understand. I guess I can understand. You know, the the idea of obsessing over something because it really connects to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a fucking weeb. I fucking will tear up watching Naruto and shit. So, oh, of, of course. <laughs> and, yeah. and my wife thinks it's weird. So, you know, she she used to be you know a big believer. Oh, really? Okay. Which, which in and of itself is is kind of you know thematically similar to the idea of a boy band. Oh, except very much thematically. You know, it, it's just Justin Bieber. Yeah, I, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I used to be normal. I think as as far as an actual documentary, it gets, it hits all the notes. It definitely kind of brings a different perspective on those types of fandoms. And, and that's what I found interesting. It definitely brought some perspective. I think the film itself was really well put together. Yeah. And, you know, kind of walking through, you know, each each of these people's lives was really interesting. And, and seeing why they were so interested in you know their their particular boy bands and and i liked how it was an intergenerational look yeah as well yeah. i mean it shows that you know this stuff has been with us for a while now as a as a culture 
Yeah, so. and w- with all of these, you know, generational differences going on right now, which where you've got the millennials versus boomers, I-, I think that really is important because it just shows that we're not as different as we think we are. Yeah, we definitely. Um, I mean, we do have subcultural differences and, and and differences in values in some cases, but ultimately, a lot of underlying things are very similar. Just which is foundational to being human. Yeah, definitely. And it, I think part of hu- human identity is wanting to belong to something, being part of something generally, you know, and you'll find this in common with most people is that they, they feel the need to be a part of a group. It's why we have, you know, these like polarized politics like we do today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not even peculiar just to a particular brand of entertainment. No, it's not. And it's with everything. People like to belong to something. And, And it's weird because I myself, I'm a very individualized person. I, I, I take pride in my individuality and like the things, but even then I still fall victim to crowd mentality from time to time. And um, I think boy bands is not an you know exception to that. Oh, I, definitely not. Especially when you look at Beatlemania. Yeah. You know, which was that, that was almost like a, it was almost like a public hysteria in some ways. Yeah. I, I still hold that the, the Beatles are a pop cultural phenomenon that, that kind of transcends just, you know, the, the, the typical things that boy bands are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, their, their music is, is influential on society even today. And I cannot say the same thing yeah, about but, one direction. Yeah, or but, but let's, let's Backstreet not boys or in sync. Well, let's not pretend that, you know, at least early Beatles before their classic rock period, they weren't just trying to sell an image, you know, it's I mean, hell, they, they, they even re-recorded some standard songs, you know, like, twist and shout well that's, that's how not, you get yourself out there though yeah. i mean you have to do things kind of things especially you know when you're starting out like that they weren't as popular and so they needed to get themselves out there and they got yeah, their they, face they were, out, faces were, out there and then they got their good songs out you know look at look at movies like um yesterday yesterday was uh, kind of outlined this it's a very strange movie but yeah I, I did like how it did focus on how much people loved the beatles and kind of pushed the idea that their music was so good that even someone who didn't have that image um and this was actually you know talked yeah. about in the film is, yeah. um, was able to, to get massively successful because the songs were just that good. Is that true to life? I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe their image really did help. Yeah. And they mentioned it in the movie because he's trying to, you know, sell, sell this. And his agent is like, you know, you're, you're ugly. Like you have to like make, you have to up your image now because, um, people aren't going to listen to you as an artist unless, you know, you're attractive. So I guess that really speaks to, yeah, Thing. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to see yesterday, honestly. I, I does it, it all right. doesn't interest me that much, honestly. I mean, the, the premise is kind of interesting, but, you know, you could probably do that with probably any, pretty much any other band you could think of. It, it's a very odd movie. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think about it as a Beatles movie so much as a, a movie that the plot just happens to intertwine quite a bit with the Beatles. Right. It's not one of those movies like Rocket Man or, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. It wasn't meant to be like that, but it came around around the same time. So everyone expected it to be, yeah. but it wasn't because of just this guy who just, the Beatles were forgotten about, you know? Yeah. That, that was interesting, but <laughs> yeah. you know, back on topic, I guess I used to be normal is, um, I mean, it was interesting. I definitely didn't, and then that that's actually really important to note here is yeah. that even though like I have no interest in boy bands and, and that, you know, topic just doesn't interest me, which, so I expected that, you know, I, I wasn't really going to want to pay attention to this. It actually did keep me interested. I managed to keep 
my eyes on the screen while yeah. I was watching it. I wanted to know what, what was going to happen. And well, well that, that's very much where the actual the filmmaking aspect comes into play. Like from yeah. a filmmaking angle, it's also it's well shot. I mean, it's it hits all like I said, it hits all its notes as far as a documentary is concerned. And and the the whole framing of the in of the different generations of boy band fandoms was also very compelling to me. Yeah, you know? yeah. J- j- just showing that it is kind of a little bit of a constant. And and hell, they they even you know the the the, the journalist lady the you know she even broke down what the fe- the actual formula entails. Yeah, like, on a, on a what on a dry erase board. Yeah, and everything. And, and that was interesting too to see like what um, different things have to work in together to yeah. create the boy band. What surprised me is that in that formula, they didn't like Hanson actually wasn't involved in that. Like, like they, they, she, they actually actually said like Hanson is not technically a boy band. Yeah. I remember that. One, one thing they, they mentioned also is the idea of like a clean cut image and yeah. stuff, which is another point where I disagree with the Beatles because, you know, they were druggies, but that came it was later all about on sex, though. drugs and rock and that, roll. That came that came later on that particular period that that uh, older lady experienced. I mean, that's that's a different kind of Beatles right there. That's that's their early years. That's just that's just different. Yeah, I guess so. That's different from uh, what came out on Revolver and all that shit, you know. Or Sergeant Pepper's, you know. I mean, it, it's totally different. Okay, I'll, I'll take it there. Yeah, know. but I mean, final thoughts on I used to be normal. Ash, what do you think? Again, very interesting. Um, very well put together. I'm not a documentary person. I'm usually bored by them. Yeah. Uh, unless it's a topic that I'm, I'm, you know, particularly interested in myself. Like, I mean, I'll watch Neil deGrasse Tyson all day. I fucking love yeah. Cosmos, Carl Sagan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, well, who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't? Right. Yeah. But if it's a topic, I'm, I'm. I'm interested. I like it. Boy bands is, is a topic I'm not interested in. And so in documentaries in general and topics I'm not interested in, I'm just not interested in, but yeah, I liked this. So it, it is a documentary and it's a topic that I don't relate to at all. And I enjoyed it. So I guess that really, I think that speaks. Yeah. That ma- that's, volume. that's what make, that's what makes it a good documentary. It takes a topic that you normally would not really think about or really discuss. And, it actually gives it some scrutiny, you know. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, for fuck's sake, we've said been sitting here and talking about this whole time. I mean, I never talk about these types of bands or this type of music or anything, ever. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I just more or less remember when I was younger, and you know, my sister was into In Sync and everything, and of course, I was into new metal at the time, which you could argue is pretty much just boy bands for fucking disaffected white males at the time, you know, pretty much. I mean, that's, that's pretty much exactly what, what they were, you know, like, I mean, look at corn, look at Lincoln park. I mean, yeah, okay, they're pretty, pretty much like boy bands in some ways, just with a different image, different product, different, different style. You, you can know? kind of apply it to, you know, like emo bands. Yeah. I mean, hell, a lot of those bands ended up, ended up being on total request live, which at the time was like huge for both, you know, poppy boy band you know type music as well as you know britney spears and christina aguilera and also you had your corns and your limb biscuits and your fucking you know your lincoln parks i mean they, they were charting on that shit as well so i mean there's that parallel there so yeah that's why now i see that hatred maybe being a little absurd like i mean i i, I find boy bands now to be very inoffensive and you know they they don't they're, they're not the end of music you know 
Yeah, the, they're definitely the, not. The, there's a lot of other things that are ending music right now. Not 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 bands like that. They're, they're, I mean, their music isn't typically bad. It, no, it's it's um, it's catchy. You know, it's good. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, but um, it's yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. Dakota, what do you think about boy bands and like? No comment. No comment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I mean. I, I've listened to some boy band songs. I mean, they're not usually too terrible, but it's like I said before, they usually don't have much meaning to them, and they're usually kind of soulless, and they're just well, like they're, they're, talking about some girl, and they're a product. It. They're, yeah, they're a product just trying to be sold. And, and and you know, sometimes some people do that product better than others. Like, look at K-pop right now. True. I mean, K-pop is huge, and, and, it, and it's, pre- it's basically taking all those tropes from those boy bands and just, you know, kind of taking them to their logical extremes. Extremes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, the girl group and boy band thing has been around for ages in Japan. I mean, they pretty much perfected that formula. I really don't get the K-pop thing. And believe me, I like some J-Rock myself. You I, know, I, remember, I was introduced through, through uh, anime, but... Well, what about J-pop? J-pop? Yeah, I, I could dig it. So, yeah. Some of the more poppy anime songs also, you know, pick my interest. But, yeah. but the whole, like, the whole K-pop boy band thing, like... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no. K- K- K-pop is essentially if you just took J-pop, just insert, just basically injected a shit ton of pixie sticks into them, and then just let them loose. You know, I like Gangnam Style. It's a Korean song. I Gangnam like. Style. Well, he's Psy was more of a hip hop. Well, I know, I know, but I'm just thing, saying that's know. a that's a Korean song that I actually like. Oh yeah. Well, everybody liked Gangnam, Gangnam Style. Let's face it. Uh, not everybody, especially those people who never didn't pr- pronounce it correctly. Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. He literally I, says, he says Gangnam in the song. Gangnam how do you, how do you, you fuck that up? That? I don't understand. I don't know. It makes no man. sense. If I heard something said once the right <sighs> way, that's the way I say it. Even if I mispronounced it before then, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why people don't do that. Have you ever noticed that? Like, people will continually mispronounce things even if they've heard it the right way. Like, me, no matter my what. brain goes, oh, that's the right way to say that? Okay. I was mistaken. I'll start saying it that way from now on. Yeah. <laughs> why don't that why doesn't everybody do that i don't know man i don't know people are weird people get another just, tangent yeah just in general but yeah my final thoughts are it as i said it's an effective documentary about a topic that i people like me wouldn't necessarily think about all the time and yeah. it, it applies the right kind of scrutiny to it and honestly by the end of the movie you really see how these people have grown you know, like especially the the One Direction girl. Yeah, and it's totally it's totally fucked up that her parents fucked up her music career. That's totally I fucked know. up. You know, I was thinking, I was like, she because she she said she was like eighteen. I was like, like it, baby it, girl. And her parents wouldn't let her go to a college she was accepted yeah, into. It's like baby girl, just go to the fucking college. Fuck just go to the parents. college, move out. Yeah, fuck them. I was like. Why why are you listening to your parents if that's what you but want? Just go that, do it. That was a cultural thing, though. You know, I mean. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a girl, like, uh, her family was from Turkey, right? Yeah. And then there, there was, like, the Backstreet Boys girl. She was from, her family was from Pakistan. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's kind of what that boiled down to. I, I, I suppose so. I don't know. Ho- hopefully she ended up following her dreams and got some type of music recorded or something. I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. But anyway, I used to be normal. It's a very interesting documentary, and I, I recommend checking it out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, I, I say check it out because it definitely will. Um, if you're particularly jaded, like I am, on the boy band thing, like it will kind of at least allow you to get into the mindset. And, you know, maybe think. You know, am I, am I a hypocrite? Because I mean, most of all of us have something that we're kind of un- obsessed about that 
Um, when we think about it, doesn't really matter when reality, but <coughs> weeaboo. Oh, but oh, damn. He, he, isn't that part of what makes humanity beautiful? You know, man, he even just cupped the fucking mic for that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well, anyway, yeah, that's a, it's a great documentary. Check it out. And now we're going to go on to the final movie of our mega review. And actually calling it a movie is a disservice because it's not necessarily a movie. It's just a, a full season of a web series. I'm learning that as we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that it could totally be recut into a full movie if you take out all the credit sequences and everything. You're right, because that's what I'm doing, because I'm watching it currently as we speak, and I'm skipping all those yeah. parts, and I am just Some watching of, it as a movie. And the, the movie I, we're talking about is Black Betty. It's directed by Marco North. And this is quite possibly the most art house movie out of all of these shorts and features that we've yeah. done here. See, see it looks Lance. like Marco North did everything for this movie because I saw his he, name a lot. He, <laughs> he did. He, he wrote, directed, produced, and shot this. Yeah, me, Tommy was so Tommy was so Yeah, there he, it is. No, yeah, he Tommy was so Is that you? <laughs> he, he totally did it, except this time, you know, we didn't get the room. We got Black Betty. And, and it's interesting because these are not so much episodes are more like vignettes a little bit right i don't know what's going on like this one was like 30 seconds long <laughs> it was just it's art house dakota think think back to, to right well you weren't with us for gabo no i wasn't so you no. you won't understand i watched part of it though it's it's one of those things that you can't really describe it after watching black betty i i still like i get the ma- the major premise it's these people um in this country saltova yeah that um, you know, some kind of um, disaster happened. All these people are like in comas and whatnot, and so it, it's the lives of these people, um, you know, while they're being quarantined. But a lot of it is is very disjointed, and so it, it's it's just kind of. I mean, it, it's very artful and it's very interesting. Well, yeah. well the first episode, but you're kind of like, what's going on? There's right. no context. Yeah, yeah, there's no context. And in the first episode, it tells you that it was filmed com- entirely in New York. So that was the one only episode that I've seen so far that it's not filmed in, in Moscow. Moscow. It says the rest yeah, is filmed the, in Moscow, Russia. Yeah, the, the rest is in Russia. There's actual Russian actors and actresses in this. They in speak this Russian yeah. and with English subtitles. And th- there's some English spoken in certain episodes. Some. The final episode is filmed entirely in their living room, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> filmed entirely in, in green screen in our living room. Oh, yeah. That was a real trippy ending. That I'm, I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're still kind of like, what, what, what was going on with that? Yeah, well, what's going on in the first place? I mean, it's just weird, but I mean, I get it. it well, it's it's fun. It's a lot the, of fun to watch. It's basically just vignettes of these people just living under this quarantine in this in this weird Russian or Ukrainian country or yeah. something. It's like an amalgamation of a bunch of stories of a bunch of people, but very short and simple and like artful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely. I mean, there's some kind of symbolism being portrayed here. I just really haven't watched it enough to really suss out what it is. Right. That's where I'm you at. Know? You know, I watched this and I was like, I know that there's something underneath this and I'm really trying to dick at it and I can't quite figure out what it is. I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. I almost wanted to do a full standalone episode on this because there's just so much to really dive into. Here. There is. It's really interesting. You, you, you look at humani- humanity differently. Yeah. When you're watching this, you know, because yeah. like 
there's one episode where you know you're seeing two boys and they're just the way they're so glum and they're bleak about the world but pretty much the entire all the characters are all bleak and they're glum and they don't care because it's like basically the end of the world because everybody's in comas or some shit yeah yeah and so and and, and these these pills that that's the titular black betty right that that's what prevents this coma from happening but it makes people go crazy (laughs) it's very strange i mean I mean, what do the pills represent? I mean, what is the affliction that arises right. that has been unfurled here? Like, I'm thinking what's maybe going some on? kind of some kind of you know humans are the problem, and they always have been the problem. <laughs> you know, yeah, but it it never really goes into the hows and the whys as to what's happening. Right. With it. it, they don't, and so you don't have enough context to really tell. It, it's just basically a single premise that where all these different vignettes kind of branch off of, more or less. So. I mean it, and also cinematography-wise. I mean, especially for being shot by a one person yeah. and everything, it's really, really cool. Absolutely, you know. I mean, he he didn't do most of the editing. I think. I mean, they have a colorist, and he he had a little bit of a crew here, but I mean, the color grading always fits the tone of the series. I mean, it never just bleak usually. That's very bleak. That's very. very it, it's bleak, but it's also kind of banal. A right. Bit. I it's, see what you mean. Yeah, it's very just not you know standing out in any way and it's that way on purpose i kind of feel you know because it's a desolate situation that everybody is kind right of none of our here. characters stick out i mean they're all just like nobodies and you can tell yeah i mean there's not really an a straight protagonist here no protagonist no antagonist no, no real plot with anybody's like character per se just i guess the overall plot which is it's a, pa- a worldwide pandemic oh no, it's not worldwide it's just in this one Country. country. What about yeah. in New York? In he New was York. talking about that country. Yeah. Oh, I see. He, okay. He, he was kind of like a man on the street uh, conspiracy theorist actor. Gotcha. Guy. Okay. You know, well, there were no other people in that scene, just him. So I wasn't really. There are a couple, but there he said there were only a few hundred people or something like that. So I was trying to yeah. figure out. Yeah. I got you. You know okay. what? I, I really wish we had our, our resident filmmaker here with us. I know, no. man. Damn it, Robert. Why couldn't you be here? No, we all know why you couldn't be here. He had to work. Seems nope. like seems like we're missing one person or another a lot of episodes. Like, yeah. God damn it. I know. Last Indie Film Festival episode, it was me. And this one, it's Robert. What's going on? Man? <laughs> finally got know. your shit together, Dakota. We yeah, had to yeah. do an intervention. Yeah, we, we have to stage an intervention. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, it was an intervention. Lots of letters were exchanged. Everybody cried. Oh, look, 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 look. Here's hot, 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 hot. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so we're watching Black Betty right now. We're watching Black Betty right now. We're at the uh, this blonde. Oh, this guy. Russian he was the tattoo trick. guy. Yeah, he was. But what was what's his role in all of this? I mean, near, near the end, there's like some kind of delivery that happens. I'm not sure what that is. Some, he delivers a special kind of pills. Oh yeah, that's better. That's only for for pregnant women. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> See, even after watching this, I'm still finding out shit about this movie, this series or movie or whatever. She seduces him into it. Oh, okay. And it, it, it's really interesting because it, it's these people doing what they need to, to survive. Yeah, it's very much a, a survival thing that's going on here. I guess he's one of the volunteers that they talk about. One of the volunteers that brings the Black Betty medicine. Is that what he's supposed to be? I yeah, guess he's, so. He's bringing Black Betty. Okay. But she's getting she she is asking for premium shit, and you know. Okay, look, no, look how she's less crazy than the other ones here. Less like you know, 
uh, psycho and like bleak all the time. This is less bleak than the other episodes were. Yeah, maybe because yeah. she's getting premium shit. I don't know if that's supposed to be high grade weed or if it's like you know high grade, Reggie. I don't know what's grade, going on. High here, grade but pills or something. Yeah, like that. you know medicine. You got some five star ecstasy. You got some one star. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, it it's really, really, really. Um, Intriguing. I, I definitely found my eyes glued to the screen. I think out of out of the feature length films we watched here, and in this case, you know this this series, this was the most interesting. I think this is the one I liked the most because um, just the direction that it took, and and looking at it from a cinematic angle. Now, oh, a- Ash, what, what what's up? Th- they're fucking. That was quick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very very quick. That was it, a quickie. Yeah, it's not, it's not even that attractive or anything. No, you just kind of nutted in the end. Yeah, they're just fully clothed. Oh, well, you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the end of the world yeah. in your area. I mean, but the end of the country. Ash, since you were there for that episode, did you get a little bit of a Harmony Karine vibe from this? I, I did. That That's kind of why I, I brought up Gummo earlier. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost like a less offensive version of Gummo. Yeah. I mean, they don't steer away from any from you know uh, from from language or or from topics, but um, it doesn't quite go to the extremes that Gummo did. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, those are some some hella extremes there. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 it's like you know racism laid bare. Yeah, like like casual to the point where it's like not it's like second. It's like second nature to those people. Yeah. And there's there's nothing like that here. I'm, I'm talking more in just the way that locations are used and the way that the camera work is done. It does yeah. have a little bit of that Harmony Karine early, you know, kids gummo feel to it, kind of. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. But but it also has a little bit of a Lynchian vibe somewhat, right? Oh, I wouldn't know what to tell you there, but. Oh, that's right. You weren't there for a razor head. I wasn't. I wasn't Damn part it. of the team yet. Damn it! <laughs> uh, we're we're going to we're going to be revisiting some David Lynch very soon. Like we we, we kind of need to. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check I'm, out some more Lynch. I mean, Mulholland Drive, Lost Highway. I mean, fuck the the entire Twin Peaks series and movie. Twin Peaks. Yeah, there. Yeah, he made an entire television series. You didn't know that? It was a huge thing in the nineties. Oh, now I know. <laughs> yeah, that that's something we're going to have to binge sometime. Like, like you, you guys are going to have to fucking see uh, Twin Peaks, like, without a doubt. I'm down for watching anything. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do that on the podcast. The Twin Peaks Firewalk with me is a crazy-ass movie, and it's a perfect book into a crazy-ass series. Well, we're maybe looking at Collateral Cinema Season 4 building up. Oh, bit. definitely. Definitely. It's going to have to be that, without a doubt. So I'm guessing the medicine, I, I, the only thing I could think of is it just, it messes with your head too. Not only does it like, you know, keep you alive, but it fucks with you. I mean, these people get like weird, dude. Oh yeah. This is weird stuff. This Black Betty, there's something in it. There, there's like methamphetamine or something. But, like, I don't know what's But of in course, it. we never find out what's really the deal is with the Black Bettys. Then there's a gun in her fridge. You know what I'm talking it, about? I think it stops <laughs> them from sleeping too. So they're it does. awake there's, all the time. It's a oh, stimulant. But, so, so is that what's going on here? Is this just constant insomnia on everything? That's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just because it doesn't allow them to sleep. They just, they don't ever get sleep. So they become insomniacs. But, so they, they and go you'll, crazy. You'll see this in a minute. They still dream. So it's day, t- yeah, day that's sleeping. Right. That's they interesting. Like daydreaming. Yeah, so it's yeah. like daydreaming. That's so weird, dude. I don't even know. So that even adds a different element to this. It's like how much of this are these daydreams and how much of this is the actual waking 
world. Right. You know? I guess the more of the the physical moments, the the dialogue, maybe those are more real. But like the the artful ones where you saw this weird lady towering over over an entire over city, right? Yeah. Mountains. That's more of a dream in art form, yeah, a daydream yeah. type thing, or or the ending as well, or the ending. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I really enjoyed watching this, and I I like I actually kind of like the vignette angle to it. Yeah, gotta yeah. say I'm intrigued, definitely. Yeah. Although I do think it would be cool if uh, Mr. North found a way to recut it into a full movie, just take out the. Uh, credit sequences and everything i think it could work although if you watch the uh, intro credit scenes and believe me i was trying to skip some of them too for time's sake but if you do stop by and watch some of them it does change a little bit with the um the intro right you can even see a few details regarding the actual narrative yeah in some of those as well. well we need more exposition between the scenes and I, then put it all together you didn't watch gummo see no. so yeah. ex- exposition exposition is not necessary i guess that's why either. i guess that I'm, I'm just used to more yeah. exposition and so maybe this this is interesting i'm intrigued but by also it, really. what, what do y'all think about this maybe even having a black mirror vibe Kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so you you watched Black Mirror, so you, so you know this. That's good. I didn't know you yeah. watched it. Yeah, watched yeah I remember the Banner Snatch that I didn't particularly like. Well, that yeah, much. but that wasn't even Black Mirror. That was yeah. it, uh, it, one Black Mirror movie episode. You got to seriously watch the show, dude. It, uh, yeah. It's trippy. So, but but does this have kind of that vibe? Yeah, that yeah. psycho, what's yeah, it, what do they yeah. call it? Uh, the, Psychological thriller, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it really gets you. And also a little, maybe a little sci fi ish. Oh yeah, kind of. The way they say it is like it's like this futuristic way of taking down the world almost. It's, it's how how technology is gonna uh, screw with us. Yeah, but I really enjoyed pretty much everything about this. I mean, a, a lot more than I thought I would. Because I mean, I'm not a huge binge a web series kind of guy. Right. You know, I mean, I'm more like I'd much rather just watch a full length movie. The, these are a lot shorter. See, yeah. I actually like the idea of binging a, a series. I just don't have the time anymore. But if you think about it, it's like watching a really long movie. It is. Oh, yeah. And and, it, and I mean, it's not like I haven't seen certain web series that have that type of framework as well, uh-huh. as far as like just very, very short episodes that, you know, are self-contained, but they are part of an overarching narrative. Like, like for instance, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard of that or seen it, but no. that, that that's, a, that's a web series that has... It has very, very short episodes, but I mean, they still perfectly uh, put forth what they're trying to do, like very well, honestly. This That's what I like. This kind of more reminded me of if we're, if we're comparing that with the the short films that we did last time. Yeah. The, the last one that we, you know, uh, eyes open. Oh yeah, definitely. That the, was a, that was a very abstract short. In its yeah. Own this is this is abstract. I think in much that same way. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I definitely feel like it has a point to it. I'm just still trying to figure out what the point is. What the point is, right? And, th- and that's not a bad thing. No, you know? yeah, definitely. You know, it's kind of like I said on, on the Shining episode. If the movie can have you talking about the movie afterwards, and a lot of times by being ambiguous, it achieves this. Yeah. Um, you've accomplished something, definitely, you know, from, from a cinematic standpoint. Um, yeah, that's what you hope to accomplish is leave your audiences continuing to talk about it. Exactly. Well, final thoughts on Black Betty, guys. What, what do you think? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm still watching it. And they're like taking, you know, daily midday naps and having dreams in the middle of the day. It's really interesting. I've never seen this kind of kind of way of storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. I like it. Martha Marco North is really creative. 
great and, ideas. And the fact that it seems like it's very much a passion project for him. I mean, he shot, wrote, and directed everything. Right, you yeah. Know? I mean, that, that that's definitely something we respect here, needless to say. For sure. I mean, yeah. you know, you hear all our room references every day. Yeah. Stay tuned for Killing Night, guys. Oh, Killing Night. Yeah, that's right. One of our movies. That's going to be interesting. Directed, we, produced, and written by Robert Ortegon with some help from us. We're, yeah, know. with with camera work by my yours truly. So I mean, I, I helped shoot it. But mostly, mostly just you, Bo, you, Bo, and uh, Robert. Yeah, yeah, just just me, Robert, and uh, to some extent his brother and our friend Frankie. Yeah, helped out with it. Too, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it wasn't just the two of us, but. When we have that finished, we'll definitely find a way to distribute it and we'll get it out there. But anyway, guys, I, I really like Black Betty. I think that it should definitely be maybe recut into a full-length movie. That'd be pretty cool. I think it but, would be cool. But it does work as its own contained series, though, and I like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um, I I really enjoyed Black Betty. Um, you know, like I said, I it really fucks with your mind a little bit and and that's a good thing you know i kind of want to rewatch it and yeah, yeah. Me, me too i actually do want to go back and rewatch it a little bit i really like um there's one specific episode of it where it, it's all ambient sounds uh, i think it's the second episode or whatever but they spend most of the the episodes just not that much music and mostly just dialogue or yeah or just weird sounds the, the most of, music you, you hear is in the intros to each yeah event. You don't hear that yeah. much, so it's really interesting. Just interesting to hear more just sounds and just listen. If you put it, put a headset on and listen <laughs> to this, like I'm doing. Oh my god! Then, then I need to show you a little movie called Begotten. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and maybe we'll have to do that on the fucking podcast because that's literally what that is. There's no dialogue or, or music. It's wow. literally just sounds. That's a bet. Well, anyway, I think that we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up, guys. What do you think about our indie movie mega reviews? I think that this was really a lot of fun, you know, to be able to, to, to dissect um, these indie movies one after the other in one episode um, and, and kind of get a variety of, of different movies. So I definitely think at some point we're going to have to do another mega review like this where yeah. we, we take, I mean, obviously we want the indie films to have some kind of connection. In this case, the First Glance Film Festival. <coughs> but here I like the idea of taking completely different things. Yeah, yeah. And we actually still have a couple of selections that people sent to us that they didn't really get back to us on. So we might do some standalone episodes on those. That'd be cool. There was a documentary on the rise of uh, the Maserati car brand that looked pretty interesting. Really? Yeah, and I know Robert's going to really want to do that. (laughs) Of course he is. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely look forward to that. There's And if you are an indie filmmaker and you would like us to check out your movie, send us an email, DM us on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook, and uh, send us a screener link. And maybe we'll check it out, and if we like it, we'll put it on the podcast and give it a review. Yeah, definitely. Because like we said before, I mean, we're not going to take it, we're not going to put on an indie movie that we don't like. You know, I mean, we, we, we are going to put on something that we can totally recommend people watch so i mean definitely if, if you want us to check out your movie send it to us uh, our email is collateral cinema movie podcast at gmail.com or like i said you can dm us on twitter or facebook or whatever as well yeah definitely send us your uh, indie movie reviews and plug time um yeah send us your game uh if you're an indie you know game maker collateral gaming is here to review exactly. your shit we want to you know hopefully it's not shit hopefully we like it um 
we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the good aspects anyway. We, we like to we like to encourage, right? Yeah, and it would be nice to get some some more indie games pe- that people send to us so we can talk about other people's stuff because we're we're talking about more mainstream indie games like Hello Neighbor right now and yeah, you know, and and I would like to have some more community, you know, games and that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, they, yeah definitely. Maybe apps one day. And we are. I'm 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 getting to that. That's in the plans. If you like Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast and you're not following Collateral Gaming Video Game Podcast. What is wrong with you? That's our other associated act. Dakota and I run it. Uh, Bo and Robert also hang out and yeah. um, bullshit I, and I, I, trash on our podcast. Yeah, I, I don't know. Get back to me when you guys do Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, see? Seriously. Um, but yeah, we're, we've got some um, you know special episodes coming up. I would like to. It's not a promise, but it's a... Uh, well, this is this is what we're trying to trying to get set out for our uh, anniversary special is uh, an arcade game mega review. Yeah, well, a specific like is it going to be a specific genre of arcade games? Specifically, it's going to be light gun shooters. Yeah, oh yeah, so thinking. like your Area Fifty Ones, your Virtua Cops, your Time Crises, House of the Dead, House of the Dead. You, you've been you've been pushing us to do this for a yeah. while now, doing on light gun games. So we are, um, you know, pleased to announce. Either now or later, our first arcade game mega review, Light Gun Shooter Edition. Yeah, we're gonna go to an arcade, play a bunch of games. It's gonna be a lot of fun, oh, and yeah. then we're gonna talk about it. So, oh, maybe we need to take a take a chance and download a Mame emulator. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Well, Technically, just, you know, we've got one. That's what we did to yeah. play uh, Zelda okay. CDI. That's yeah, yeah exactly. But that, that's a, that's a Philips CDI emulator, though. Right? I can get anything. It's bro. yeah. It's not just a Philips CDI. Emulator. It allows okay. for like. Lots of consoles. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool, right there. Awesome. Um, I want to get an actual, you know, one day get an arcade in here, get a bunch of stuff. You can actually well, buy yeah, those at Walmart. Walmart, yeah, yeah. They, they, they no. have they have the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, which I am so excited about. They do. They have Mortal Kombat. I, I want to spend like good money, like drop down money, bid on something good, like an yeah. arcade machine in here. Yeah, Man, that, that would be, be so cool. Much fun. We're building up this studio, especially so that we can uh, we can start uh, videoing it. Um, we'll have some video podcasts, so we'd like to decorate it, put some arcade machines up. We're gonna have a you know TV where we can watch movies yep. while we're talking about it. So stay yeah, tuned yeah. for that. Eventually, stay tuned. Um, you're gonna get to kind of hang out with us in the studio, um, which which honestly, you guys should take a look at it. it. It's 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 actually it's coming together. It's yeah. pretty cool. And if you want to help us make that happen a lot quicker, you can hit up our Patreon pages for both Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema. And you can become a patron at the $1 or $5 tiers. And yeah. we will when we do have exclusive content there, we have film commentaries. And if we start getting enough patrons, we'll start putting out more content on that. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we've definitely got some more stuff planned. There are some more film commentaries we want to do. And I'm on top of those, uh, the oh. Let's Play game commentaries for oh, yeah. Collateral Gaming. We're going to release some of those very soon. You know, whenever I get my shit together, we've got you know more time on our hands. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I might as well go ahead and announce our next episode, which is going to be our Christmas episode for this year. We are doing Ron Howard's The Grinch, featuring Jim Carrey's awesome performance as The Grinch. Yes, I'm I really mean, excited about this one. I mean, yeah, that movie has some flaws, but it has some good points to it as well. We'll definitely get into all that. And we're going to have our first, we're going to go ahead and announce this. We're going to have our first Skype-in guest. We're going to have uh, the Victims and Villains podcast Skype in and help us analyze that movie. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, we are. We had a Skyping guest on our uh, Red Dead Redemption episode on Collateral Gaming. Yep. So uh, Collateral Cinemas following suit. We're gonna have a Skype in. I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, and, uh, and, moving up. And, and we're definitely gonna be looking for more uh, special guest hosts to Skype in on from other podcasts or YouTubers or whatever. So. If you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel or anything like that and you would like to be a part of an episode of Collateral Cinema or Collateral Gaming, hit us up. Yeah. We'll set it up for you. Hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Insta, Facebook, or at our email. Yep. And you can find Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming on Chill Lover Radio. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you get your podcasts. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up right now. This was a interesting review. It's getting a little late now. We're so. going to wrap it up like uh, your dad should have done before he fucked your mom. Oh, my God. Do we, we really have to go there. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> oh, and this motherfucker. Dakota, you you were an accident, so Aww. go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> you were planned does well, not make you any All better. right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Smashly Trashly Ashley. I'm Chancellor Daco. <laughs> and we are Collateral Cinema. See y'all later. Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.